This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. everyone. This is Anne-Marie Schieber from Healthcare News. Social determinants in healthcare are getting renewed attention. There is suspicion that one of the reasons this is being pushed is wealth transfer, taking money from one group and giving it to another for political reasons, nothing to do with health. Joining me on the podcast today is Heartland Senior Fellow on Healthcare Policy Outreach, Matt Dean. Good to have you back on. Well, it's great to be with you, Anne-Marie. Thanks for having me back. Hey, Matt, um, for our listeners who may not know, tell us what social determinants in healthcare are. I mean, are these ratings that go into your health charts? Do they amount to tangible things like new housing or security cameras on your front door or gym memberships? Well, what you may not know is that when you're being asked to fill out a questionnaire or you're being asked at the doctor's office, uh, for an update on your health care, uh, that if you're filling that out in the waiting room, uh, it seems like those questions get a lot nosier every single year you go back and or your kids go to the doctor. And they might ask you things not about what brings you to the doctor today, uh, but uh, things about your um, your health, but also things about things that don't really have anything to do with health care at all. Uh, where you live, uh, who lives with you, do you have a gun in your house, do you have a returning family member from the military in your house? All of these nosy questions, you might wonder, why are they asking me this and hmm. do I have to answer that? Well, the scores uh, the, that they are picking up from that are being recorded in your medical chart and they may actually play into whether or not you get care, what kind of care you get, or how much money is reimbursed to the hospital system, to the uh, insurance company, or to the provider based on really non-medical things that they're asking you about. And that's really where this is headed. And I think a lot of patients are pretty agnostic about it. In fact, they probably assume that the doctor's just being diligent. You know, they want to find out what's going on in your household. And But, you know, uh, it seems like a lot of this is being collected for big data purposes. Um, how widely are these things used, these uh, social determinants? I mean, is the federal government pushing them, Congress, bureaucracies? And, and how long have, have they been going on? I mean, do you know anything about this program, apparently, that Biden just announced about allowing states to expand Medicaid to take care of social services under Medicaid? Well, that's really kind of it's not just mission creep, but it's actually dollar diversion. So if you're looking at what are they really asking you on your on your medical, uh, you know, for a survey or what are they putting onto your medical chart, some of that non-medical information might actually be uh, used to divert uh, money from health care to, let's say, environmental programs in your area. Uh, do you live in a food desert? Do you live uh, near a river? Those kinds of questions 
uh, might populate you with other people to say, oh, we need to have more money on infrastructure mm. or on water purification or things like that. So really, it's a great idea if you're a lobbyist and you're trying to <laughs> get information that will build a metric so that you can get more money spent in your area. So there's something in your chart called a Z code, which is used, used to be just kind of a catch-all um, coding uh, line for things that were non-medical or uh, things you couldn't bill for. For example, like if you were returning from a surgery and they were checking up on you, uh, you, you didn't really have a medical reason. There's nothing wrong with you. You're coming back so they can look at you after a surgery. So there's nothing really wrong with you. You're at the doctor. That's why. But now those are being filled with um, other non-medical uh, questions uh, and also codes that they can bill for uh, or they want to build, bill for. And some of those are not just social determinants <coughs> of health, but what's called environmental <coughs> determinants of health. So there is uh, a new bureau uh, in uh, Washington that actually combines healthcare and environment and looks at um, climate change and things of like uh, that. <laughs> of course, it, always, <laughs> it seems to always go back to climate change. Yeah. Um, but looking at it through the lens of equity to say, well, because climate change affects uh, some people more than others, we need to measure that. We need to look at that and we need to use these codes to buy things like air conditioners and aqueducts and water purification and lots of other things uh, that um, are not necessarily medical. And when I was in the legislature in Minnesota, I asked the question kind of flippantly. I said, well, is, is it the job of the Mayo Clinic to install air conditioners so that kids don't get asthma? because they were looking at mm -hmm. spending upstream money and that if, that if kids had uh, air conditioning, they wouldn't uh, uh, suffer as much from asthma, which is true. Uh, so the question is, is, is that the Mayo Clinic's job to make sure uh, that people are, that they install air conditioners? And the answer was maybe, which I thought was a, a very interesting answer. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Not what they went, they did not. Oh, uh, yeah. Study uh, heating and ventilation in medical school, but uh, <laughs> but that's really kind of where they're headed sure. with some of this uh, social and environmental determinants of health. Yeah. Uh, now, some of this, like for example, uh, when it comes to race, uh, there's very good reasons to look at um, uh, health outcomes by race. Um, and also for where people live, for example, Native American, uh, Native Americans on reservation on tribal lands have suffered immensely due mm. to racism and uh, poor health uh, and uh, delivered through the federal government. And it makes sense uh, to look at uh, outcomes in certain areas. But when you're looking at that to... Um, kind of uh, front-end load uh, spending um, on local pet projects or on political outcomes. I think that has people very, very uh, yeah. cautious about, what are you writing down in my healthcare record? Uh, why are you asking that question? And yeah. those are 
good things to think about, good thing to tell your kids <laughs> that uh, if you have a nosy nurse, you can say, uh, I'll talk to the doctor about why I'm here. I, I wonder if too much government in your life is a risk factor. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Certainly no one ever looks stress. at that. No one ever <laughs> looks at that. And, you know, I could see where this go is going when you mentioned the air conditioners. We heard all this stuff about gas stoves, right? You know, pretty soon it wouldn't surprise me that they start replacing people's stoves, gas stoves, with electric ones and somebody gets a big windfall off of that. Just super crazy. So, um, yeah, this, this is really, um, a, he has huge potential for abuse. You know, to be fair, do you think that, I mean, I guess you could make an argument that some of these social struggles in life might uh, make somebody more prone to getting sick or injured, ending up in the hospital. Are there any studies on this stuff? Well, there's certainly many reports of, um, State Departments of Health have to issue reports back to the legislature and also to the professional societies about uh, outcomes in race, for example, and some of the um, many or perhaps all uh, state legislatures uh, require from the Departments of Health, you know, how are we doing with regard to uh, outcomes in uh, healthcare, in lifespan, in heart disease, cancer, uh, substance abuse, uh, recovery uh, by race and by area and geography, and that that makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, why wouldn't you know? Why wouldn't you do that? That makes a lot of sense. Um, but when you are saying um, let's use Medicaid money to change out uh, uh, gas stoves for electric stoves <laughs> in all public housing. Uh, because of asthma, that's probably not a good direction mm. or, or way to go. But typically, um, the reports that are directed start out with good intentions, but then you see them creep in. And one of the things you can do with when you're looking through a bill is to do, you know, a search for social determinants of health and see where it pops up in studies and reports back. And many, many times you can find that they are being asked for non-medical reasons, sometimes financial, sometimes political. And um, that's that's kind of where I think people's antennas are going up and they're going, wait, wait, no, we have so much need for healthcare spending in the United States and there is so much pressing need for uh, addiction recovery and heart disease and lots of other things. Why are we um, looking at spending money on the new green deal uh, that money that would have been spent on things like health care in a more traditional sense? Yeah. I mean, getting back to it like a a more fundamental thing. I mean, I think um, when you talk about social determinants, a lot of times it's uh, people's bad decision making. You know, um, how is it that the government is responsible for people's bad choices? I mean, are we, is the government supposed to be the safety net for everything and to fix people's mistakes? Well, I think when you're looking at it through the lens of equity in healthcare, it's really going to be a tough struggle because so much of what our healthcare is, is a determination or a combination of genetics and behavior. 
mm. uh, over time. And you, it's never going to be uh, fair and uh, equitable. Uh, but you try to you try to eliminate racism, which is obviously a great idea uh, in your public health policy. But you know you can't you can't uh, legislate good choices generally generally. Yeah. And uh, that's really um, where where you um, you where you need to look at. And sometimes when, when we're looking at public policy, it actually is, uh, a, it is things about choice uh, that, that you really have to look at, for example, substance abuse and recovery. It's behavior, uh, yeah. and you, you, you can spend money on needle exchanges and open um, uh, legalize drugs in certain areas and zoning, or you can look at um, recovery and abstinence and uh, substance use disorder training in schools. And, you know, that may be um, part of it, that you can spend some money on on behavior, um, but it probably needs to be the right money uh, to be spent. But you know, bad choices and bad luck uh, and are really uh, always going to be with us. And you can't make everything even. And you can't, um, you know, you have to be really honest with people about um, health care and look at diet, nutrition and obesity, uh, the, the choices that we're making. Um, you know, is it... Um, uh, you know, is it McDonald's fault uh, that people are fat? Uh, is it sugary beverages fault that uh, people, uh, that kids are, you know, uh, more, more kids are overweight than ever before? Or that the, the percentage of people who are overweight has doubled in the last uh, 45 years in the yeah. United States? Yeah. And, you know, uh, it gets back to my point earlier. Is, is too much government a risk factor? Because when you look at a lot of this stuff, these bad choices, a lot of it was driven by government being so huge and pushing people to make bad choices, you know, like in food choices, for example, and, and micromanaging and, and changing, you know, the food pyramid gazillion times. And um, if it's just and and look at the lockdowns my goodness look at all the harm that those have caused and you know drove people to abusing substances over the last two years because they were locked out of their jobs and just basic um you know social structures really really sad so um yeah I, I, does, I don't it does kind of it does really I think when you say social determinants of health how much of that is really determined by your zip code or your ethnicity or, um, uh, you know, your, your social structures uh, versus um, what, uh, what the people around you and what you decide to do with your life and how much freedom you have um, in making your choices for yourself and your decisions. And that in the end, uh, really uh, you're not, the, the society does not determine your health as much as you do. 
And I think that's probably a better message and one that we try to promote, uh, being able to uh, make choices for your own health care and for your kids. And uh, you are, this is not the Soviet Union. You are not, uh, you, are, you are not given a social, uh, you're given a social score and you're not, that does not determine how healthy you are or how far you go. So yeah, uh, that's certainly something that we have to keep uh, pushing for pushing on and fighting for. You know, I, I think, again, um, this social determinants in healthcare, it all comes to back to finding new ways of expanding the government, which is just not good for all of us in, in many ways. I mean, I was thinking that this whole thing about diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, we have now healthcare professionals are being forced to get this implicit bias training. I think now it's effective in four or five states. I know here in my home state of Michigan, they're doing it. And it was funny, I was talking to a clinical psychologist who just went through her first training. And she said it was so interesting the way these courses are conducted. There's no debate, first of all. You have to do this to maintain your license. And you can't argue with the premise. And you have to go through a test when you're all done. And they give you multiple choice. And there's none. And you have to agree with one of the choices. There's no none of the above. You have to pick something. And all of this is just getting people to think that, yes, there is implicit bias that, you know, you, we are all in, you know, deep down inside racists. And it, it's just kind of crazy. And, and her concern was, you know, I'm old enough to see you through this, but young professionals, probably not. And they're probably, you know, don't want to rock the boat. So or they're it, fine it's, with it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. That's even scarier. Uh, and and there there is bias. Uh, there is bias against certain groups of people. Uh, if you're not on the same uh, wavelength or the same political page as the folks who are writing the survey, uh, you might uh, find yourself um, maybe not getting a medication or not being, um, uh, you know, included in a in a trial. And so the the things that they ask about. For example, um, are you registered to vote? Uh, mm. Well, if I answer that the wrong way, or if um, if somebody is making a preconception about me, if I'm rural and if I have a gun in the house, and if uh, I have a returning member of my family from the military, uh, that has some preconceptions to it and some bias to that. Oh yeah. And, Conspiracy um, you know, theorists. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like, well, why are you asking me that question? You know, buzz off. You know, it's uh, yeah. if you want to register people to vote, I think that's a great thing. But you probably uh, shouldn't. If somebody's sitting there feeling horrible waiting uh, for a doctor in the ER, they really don't want uh, to be uh, included in. Uh, re- being registered to vote or being asked political questions uh, that may or may not um, skew whether or not they have to wait longer or get one treatment or another. Yeah. Um, so it's they need to stay in their lane. Uh, yeah, in terms and, of and politics. it was the whole thing behind COVID, and you know the signal was: Are you vaccinated? And do you want to wear a mask? And if you said no to both of those things, 
you are already uh, seen in a different light in the healthcare system, you know, in the conventional healthcare system, that you were a, a rogue person and maybe put on the back of the line for treatment or whatever. I don't know. We, we could go on and on about this, but uh, we'll keep you posted. I'm, I'm going to look a little bit more closely into this um, order that came out of the administration about Medicaid and how they can expand their services as if there's money to burn in that program. But in any case, um, I so much thank you for the, the discussion. It's always fun to talk to you, Matt. You know, we, we do talk quite a bit. Um, at least once a week. And it's just great to kind of let it rip and talk about some of these things. Um, we, we could speak for hours, I guess, huh? Well, it's always good to be with you, Anne-Marie. And uh, thanks for looking into this. And uh, as as always, uh, follow the money and uh, don't answer nosy questions uh, to the nurse uh, with the clipboard. <laughs> yeah. Good advice. All right, Matt Dean, thank you again. And we should mention the Heartland Daily Podcast provides free market discussions on a wide range of public policies Monday through Friday. And the best way to stay informed is to become a regular subscriber. Um, It also helps that you can give our podcasts a thumbs up or pass on our link. Uh, It's just another way to get people educated about free market solutions and which are really the best solutions. So thank you listeners for your time and your support. This is Anne-Marie Schieber. 